back again. We are back again for part two of our interview with Pages Matam. But before we get into that, Sham, let's talk a bit more about what 2021 has in store for you. For me? Yeah, for you. 2020 kind of got fucked, to oh, be honest. So fucked. <laughs> of the pandemic 2021 is shaping up to be shitty as well there is a vaccine that's up with the two vaccines that are out there there's some stuff happening stuff moving and changing so for 2021 what do you want to happen do you think we'll be able to do in-person events in 2021 oh boy maybe late 2021 maybe if we can get i don't even know it'll take like a, a good amount of vaccines to go out Maybe just, just all the vulnerable people, because we can't get everybody a vaccine. That's crazy. But uh, maybe near the end, we can figure something out. Okay. Maybe through a combination of the vaccine and people actually wearing goddamn masks and staying the hell at home. <laughs> oh, shit. We we, can... we... <laughs> there might be some hope. I'm just saying. I don't know. The idea of people wearing masks at this point just seems ridiculous to me because they weren't doing it for 2020 when the pandemic was raging like a motherfucker. People traveled, I think, the most ever for the year of 2020 over the New Year's travel weekend, whatever. Yeah, the stats like that don't really make me feel optimistic about it, but we we, we figure something out. Maybe the world will just change and we'll figure out how to just adapt to not being in person really or we'll do like those things at the pod or just <laughs> I, like, oh everybody gets their own little private pod maybe that's a thing i don't know i don't know it hasn't been working well so far i i want to be optimistic for 2021 and what's in store but honestly it's shaky right now my g like it is shaky so shaky. i am not hopeful the numbers are going to be hella high for the next... This week is when we're really going to take a big spike in numbers, I think, from New Year's travel. So yeah. it's going to be insane. Because just so you know, guys, here's a little COVID education. It can take 2 to 14 days for you to develop any symptoms of COVID-19. 2 to 14 days. Some people usually... I won't say some people. There is a large percentage of people who get those symptoms in the first five days. But there are some people who it takes the full 14 days for them to actualize and feel the virus in their body doing those things and that's what makes it so freaking scary yeah it's just uh, i don't know but i'm gonna just hold on to that glimmer just that that's a of hope that maybe somehow some way we just figure this shit out i don't know yeah here's to hoping honestly i want to do the things I wanted to do in 2020 and 2021. Like I want to see my favorite bands play again I in person. I've seen them online in 2020 and that was great, but I also want to see them in person. I want to have that energy of watching a live show in person again. I want to be able to go on a date with someone and not be like, so what are your COVID-19 practices? That's not going to happen anytime soon. But yeah, I don't... both those things are kind of out there. <laughs> I know. It's just how I feel. It's just Maybe start small. Maybe like, I could have a 10-person birthday party. Nope. I don't even want that. Usually, I don't like birthday parties in general oh, yeah. for myself. So that's not a thing for me. Hey, how about a, a birthday <laughs> gangbang instead? Maybe, but I still haven't figured out all the people that I want to be in that. How picky I am. That's my problem. Ah, so all of that plus a COVID test. Oh, boy. Plus COVID test. And you have to quarantine before you have to quarantine before 
and after the COVID test and monitor yourself for symptoms, all that stuff. I am hella particular about that. I'm not, I think I'm probably overly paranoid because I know how this works. Like I know people who have died from this and I know people who have unintentionally affected family members with COVID and had their family members die and have to live with those feelings. I don't want that for anyone. That would be terrible. (laughs) That's my biggest fear. I don't even care yeah. about it myself, but if I'm just like, oh, I infected like my mom or somebody, it's like, what? I it's my fault. <laughs> what have yeah. I done? I'm so terrible. Why did I go to Starbucks or wherever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there's a level of fear of harming the people that you love that I think a lot of people have with COVID. And it is understandable. You can't change everything. It's you can't always figure out how you got COVID. It's not always because you did something quote unquote stupid. Yeah, that's that's part of the issue. But I don't know. I want to be able to, I haven't really dated for all 2020, obviously, except for those times we talked about before on the podcast last year, which was just long distance stuff. Because even if we live in the same city, it's it's long distance. So it's just long distance, just so you know. (laughs) But there are some people that I have an interest in meeting in person, not necessarily romantically, just people that I want to vibe with that I hope I'll be able to do responsibly at some point in 2021. And maybe that you bet pussy. I don't know. <laughs> Just maybe something to look forward to. Please, sir. A little pussy. Thank you. You know, can work on for 2021? The monogam, the monogamish bubble. I had the NBA bubble. We're going we're gonna to do something <laughs> like that. Right. Oh my God. That'd be hilarious. How are we going to plan it from two different countries? The world will never know. Yeah, I mean, It's going to take some work. No one said this would be easy. Nobody told you that the road would be easy, but I don't believe. <laughs> oh, are you really fine. doing this? I think I am. <laughs> I didn't start out that way, but then I was like, oh, it's happening. I'm just going to go with it. I really thought we were going to do Coldplay, and then you were like, nope, it's about Jesus. Oh, wow, we went two different directions. Yeah, I'm sorry. Coldplay might have yes. been more appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> I, boy, I... You guys, if you don't know the song that he was referring to, that's fine. That's okay. We're just going to leave that. We're going to leave that alone. I'm surprised that's I know the song that I will sing. Oh, and I know it as well. But that's also because we were forced into religion for the majority of our lives due to our school upbringing. So there's that. Yeah, you just can't escape it sometimes. No matter how much of a heathen you really are. Hey, it's okay to be a heathen. You can still be down with your deity of choice and be a heathen, okay? Just y'all figure that out with your higher being. It's all good. But, right, we're talking about the rest of our interview with Paige's Madame today. So you will hear us pick up from the end of that last portion of the interview where I referred to the crossover episode between Shelf Love Podcast and Monogamish Pod, which came out at the end of November. Of course, links for that still, again, in our show notes. Shout out to Andrea and the Shelf Love Podcast. Ooh, love, I love that girl. Like, I love her so much. It was her birthday recently. Did I tell you that? Her birthday was at the end of 2020. So. Oh, well, happy birthday to her. And <laughs> I'm sure she'll have her birthday came because also it meant the end of 2020. So double things, even though the yes. end of the year doesn't really mean much because the stuff is still happening yeah but i think she still managed to have a good day which is great so back into the interview with pages matam but first sham do you want to talk to us about our sponsor of course our wonderful friends over at our playground all the wonderful things they do and all the wonderful experiences they offer 
still striving to be the number one place for all people sex positive of various genders and sexual identities and whoever you may be all playground wants to be the place for you so they've got this new arrivals module and it's been on fire new members are joining from across the country so as big as the community already is every day people just piling in and through the new arrivals modules and of course that is causing so many new connections maybe between lifestylers across the country lifestyles of different lifestylers of different lifestyles because there are many different lifestyles as I said before Playground covers them all and all you need to do is log into altplayground.net to check out all of the amazing growth and the new op- opportunities for sex positive fun and you can check us out on there we've got a community you can link up with us you can find us there and you can find us there at altplayground.net just like sham said look at that so without further ado i'm jen Ooh, i'm sham and, and <laughs> we're monogamous. We're monogamous. Ooh, we almost nailed that. Okay, so without further ado, back to Pages, Matam, and everything that we have to continue to talk about with him. Low we go. Yes. Part two. It's a sequel you'll actually like. So now that I've done that plug from a past episode, let's keep talking about you, Pages. Hi. Hi. Back to you, baby. How you doing? Yes, yes. I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Okay. All righty. So what's your non-monogamous style now? We've talked about how your family has shaped and the toxic of the world has shaped how we understand non-monogamy and how you've evolved past a certain space with that. So what are you living and loving like now? Wow. So I am currently so with my partner. We're in an open non-monogamous relationship that uh, with a hierarchy it's interesting. So was also just attended the Poly Dallas Millennium Conference, which was super amazing. Shout out to Ruby Johnson. Shout out to Sheree and Shanae. And it was very, the, the conversations around just like, just in general, not just in the particular conference that happens, but it's a conversation that, that's been happening everywhere. How like people are really distancing themselves from the term hierarchy and this whole aspect of, especially within polyamory that, oh, non-hierarchical, this, that, a third. And to me, I, I, I often sit and I'm like, oftentimes hierarchies will naturally and organically happen. I think we we want to distance from that because often because of oftentimes patriarchy and sexism and all of these other toxic kind of spaces have built hierarchies in these ways that are non-ethical, in these ways that are often harmful. So I think that contributes to the distancing from hierarchy. But I, as a person who practices responsibly and, and, and ethically, hierarchies are, are not a problem right it's especially if you set that boundary if i have my partner my 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 current partner who is my my primary there is a hierarchy there we have built rapport over you know time years and all that and through our conversations and through the ways that we've built our relationship and what we want it to look like there is a certain level of hierarchy where there's a majority of responsibility and take that involves them first and that involves like everybody who comes into my life and who comes into their life 
understands that, hey, pages is my, that's my primary or, hey, th- this is my partner and they are my primary. And, and then we can move accordingly from there. You know what I'm saying? And whatever the relationship is going to look like. And so non-monogamous, I, my partner is the more polyamorous one of our space. I'm more non-monogamous. And so non-monogamous with a hierarchy and uh, yeah, yeah. I'm very glad you, you said this because yeah, for upon starting this podcast before, I, I literally only knew about the hierarch, hierarchical, uh, I hear that word, mm-hmm. version of non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. And then in doing some research, I found that a lot of people don't like that version where the whole primary, secondary thing. And I can understand not wanting those labels because they're messy. Yeah. But Naturally, there will be a hierarchy, I feel. So I agree with you on that point in where if I'm with my wife of like 10 years or whatever, and then I'm starting to date somebody for a week, naturally, the person I'm dating for a week is not going to be on the same level. Not at all. And and, and that would be absolutely right. There's nothing wrong with that. And it would be banal to think that the person you've been dating for... And and it's not to say that's not... uh, it's not impossible for you. You can meet somebody and you have all the feels. You just feel so greatly about them. And, oh, my God, this person needs to be in my life forever. I'm not saying that can't happen, even though that's highly unlikely. And if it does, there needs to be a lot of conversations internally and externally if that happens. But, yeah, there's no way. It's absolutely banal to think that a person that I've just been dating for a week holds the same weight as my wife that I've been in a relationship with for the past 10 years that you know what i'm saying and so it's like i think yes i think so much about the conversation boils down to responsible and ethical practice not a definition in that way you know what i'm saying and so cool there can be many spaces where it's all fluid there's no hierarchy everybody is equal you can have that absolutely but we we can't also sit in this way that is it often feels like the conversations often return to shame when it's this is supposed to be if we're moving towards these this fluid and 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 dope and 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 practices and understandings why does it sometimes feel like we're going back to a place of shame you know what i'm saying when it comes to certain these things and how we build the the, the language around this yeah yeah so yeah that, that's where i am i'm a switch who is more who who leans more in in dom and top spacing and non-monogamous with a hierarchy who's yeah in a really awesome dope relationship and so with my partner and it's great it's great it's great <laughs> Yeah, no, it's interesting that you do say that because as someone who does not have a primary, I'll put it that way, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people outside of that relationship escalator, marriage, kids, whatever situation, right. ends up a bit, I would say left out, but it's, also, it's just that there's there is a hierarchy. Like there is a natural hierarchy based on how long you've known someone, what kinds of things that you share together, experiences that you've had that happens. That's why you have best friends. Right? right. But also that also not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but there's also the aspect of the intentional choice behind that. I intentionally chose to have this, this sort of hierarchical situation. There are people that I've known for years and they do not hold weight in my life. There are people that I've had some 
life-altering experiences with. And they do not hold weight in my life because I I didn't choose them that way. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I didn't choose them that way. So there's also a level of intentionality that goes in building that. You know what I'm saying? And the choice to, to if you decide to be in a situation or, or in a space that, that holds a certain type of hierarchy, I think the biggest thing that matters is the ethical practice of it. It's, yes, we, there there's a hierarchy, but it does not mean that anybody else in my life, whether they become a partner or a, a, a play buddy or whatever, doesn't mean I treat them like shit. It doesn't mean I don't give them love or offer them space or that I don't take care of them or whatever. There is a certain understanding and there, and that's all in the building of the boundaries and in the building of how you create the relationship or relationships with the different people. But there's an intentionality there that can happen too. It doesn't naturally, it can build, but then you sometimes make the active choice. Yes. Like in the ways that we've built all of this through our experiences and time and rapport and all of this thing, I choose you and I choose to be with you and I choose to want you in this way. And that is a choice that I am excited about making every day because that's where the building of love in a relationship is in the ways that you choose each other every day. It's not a one-time choice. It's a choice you make every day. And it's in that choice that care and consideration lives. You know what I'm saying? And so that I, so that's why I want to nuance the conversation a little bit. That is not just it's not just, oh, it organically builds and here we are. There's intentionality that also goes with it. Yeah. So what I was more talking about was the fact that as someone on the outside of that choice, there mm. is that inherent privilege that comes and that people don't necessarily check when trying to engage with other people. Like said, uh, okay, that's, that's, I see. That's where I was gotcha. trying to Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, I so see. It's, it's, as a, so you have your hierarchy, you have the partner that you consider to be your primary partner, just using that language for this conversation. Yes. That, whatever. So you have that, but especially in spaces that I have seen, and this is my personal seeing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Through other people's experiences as well, it's very much a left on the outside with way less consideration because you're not the primary. Mm, so there's, there's a lot of, the, it. it's like a, yeah, this is my primary partner. And that means they're my primary concern. Mm-hmm. And if you and them have say a conflicting event, Hey, your wife using a wife, your wife mm-hmm. wants to go to dinner on this night just to, cause it's like your usual date night, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. your quote unquote secondary partner has a family event on that same night that she would like you to go to. And that's, well, this is my wife. So I'm just going to go on a date with my wife. And it's like understanding that, but also does that not then break the relationship with the person that is quote unquote secondary in this situation? Because this is an important thing to them. Is it that your wife can't go on a date tomorrow? Is it, it's like, there's a lot more things that play there with that. So I think that for some people, (laughs) <laughs> the couple's privilege overpowers the boundary work, the consent work, the relationship work, and their other relationships, because at the end of the day, they don't ever truly consider their other partner an equal to them. 
Yeah. And that's real. And that's, you're absolutely correct in that. And I think the ways that I've found in best practice with that, even with having my partner and when I want to choose to engage with someone else and, or be in, in a, and build with someone else, they're very real and important conversations that my partner and I have where we do not get in the way of the ways that we interact with other people. But we do have honest conversations about if there's a boundary that we set or if there's a, whether it's if we have a boundary of flu, on fluid bonding or if we have a, a boundary on a date and a time. If, for example, I, I often, like my partner and I, Sundays are usually our days, right? Sundays is our check-in day. We check in once a week. Sometimes it's through, we write each other letters. We write each other letters and put them in the mail and send them type shit. But we also do like other check-ins and stuff like that. Uh, and typically that's on Sundays. And what we said to each other is, let's try our best to not impede on this tradition and agreement that we're setting with each other, that we can do things with other people. Let's try to not do it on Sunday so that we keep this space. This is one of our spaces for us. The same way that I could then, if I have another person in my life that I'm engaging and building with and we decide, all right, cool, Tuesdays is our day, then that's that. And that's something that I also have to then express with my partner that, hey, I think Tuesdays is when, you know, and, but then that also means that if, of course, in a, if a circumstance or a situation comes up where, the thing that this other person wants to do with me is on a Sunday, then I have to have the conversation with my partner and just being like, hey, I know that so Sundays is our days, but I really want to do this thing with a special person and how much they mean to me and that are dying that way. And this will be also super awesome for them. And typically with my partner, that's always been super fine on both ends, whether they've come to me or I go to them on both ends of, of the space. It's been a thing and and it's been okay. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I think that's the place of like where people also have to be very real and honest about their capacities in a polyamorous or non-monogamous space. Because again, it's all fine and dandy and it's love and it's, oh my gosh, yes, I can be with so many other people and there it are. But we, do, I often wonder how much people do the work, the internal work, right? The internal work of really processing what that means and what it means to be in care of one or more people and what that means and the often, you know, and how much transparency and honesty that takes with yourself first so that you can then enact that with everybody else. But I agree, man. Like, and I have seen it too. I've seen it too, where it's like, yeah, the, then the, the, the third or the person, especially if the expectations and the agreements are not set, right? When you're not having the negotiations properly with the other people, so everybody's on the same page, everybody understands what they have the capacity for, while still leaving room for things to change because, of course, the situation is fluid. So you leave room for, this is not to say it's hardline, unless it is that hardlined. And you say, this is what it is. You either are with it or you're not. If this is not something you're with, then I'm not the one for you. Then we need to say that. You know what I'm saying? But if this is something you're willing to compromise on, or if this is something that we can compromise on, or this is something that works for you, then let's do it. So I think it's also having these conversations with ourselves. Of what do we truly have the capacity for on both ends? Because I've been on that end too. I've been the third. I've been the extra person that felt left out too. I've been that person. 
And I had to, and part of that came in the, yes, the negotiations and the agreements were not spoken of clearly enough or consistently enough to the point that it created these, these expectations, these unspoken expectations often. And mm-hmm. which is another great book. There's a book called that I will also recommend called uh, Silent Agreements. I think it's by a bunch of like different people in it, like three like psychologists and doctors and stuff that talk about it's silent agreements, how to free your relationships of unspoken expectations. Mm-hmm. Right? When you don't when you have these agreements with yourself, not with other people, but that are based in the communal relationship. And you don't communicate these properly or effectively, it creates these unspoken expectations that then bound you even within this relationship that you thought was so freeing. And so I had to sit down and be like, I'm feeling away because I feel left out. But why do I feel left out? Did I properly express the things that, that I said? And if that box checks, then cool. Then is it that the other person is not considering me? Then I need to have a conversation with them about that. Now, if I check the box for, no, I didn't properly express these things, then that also informs me of what I need to do next. And then the other part, then the final part in all of that is, what do I truly have capacity for? Because at the end of the day, if that person is their primary partner and that's the commitment that they've made to and all of that, then yeah, maybe, you know, in that naturally built hierarchy, or maybe if it was just explicitly expressed, I don't hold weight. And I can't feel bad about that. I just can't because I don't. That's just what it is. I do not hold weight here. And especially if that's not been expressed in that way. And so then I need to then find within myself, what is it that I have the capacity for and how I want to be loved and cared for? And if this person is not able to give that to me, then I need to bounce. Straight up. And that's real. (laughs) There's really nothing else to say outside of that. Like if you can't get what you need in the relationship and you guys have had the conversations, this is part of that whole silent agreement thing where you don't just decide it's not working without having a discussion with the other person as long as there's or anything. So if if there is some abuse, obviously it's not working and you are free to leave whenever you like. But if it is a thing where you're in your own head with your own expectations and ideas, and I think I've talked about this with someone relating to monogamy, especially Mm -hmm. it's like we have this idea of what it is. If you and I didn't agree to be monogamous, why am I expected to be? Oh, but we're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But did we have that conversation about what is expected of each other in this relationship? There's this implication that once you are talking to someone more than a certain period of time, but that means you're together and together means monogamy. And that means right. on the relationship escalator. Come on now. But we haven't talked about that. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Blanket rules are dangerous. Those blanket rules are dangerous. Like back to there again. They're always mm-hmm. talking about, is this a date? Does this, can you do this in a relationship? And there's never one answer to any of these. And I think um, the, f- the answer is usually that the people making up these questions sucks. But yes. yeah, that's the one, that's the one truth. The one universal truth. But yeah, it's like we need to be having these conversations, interrogating these things. So, someone and you've been kicking it for six. I, I, there was a six, six brown chicks post, six brown chicks chat, and so the dudes, oh yeah, I'm Greek. I've been dating this girl. We've been dating for three years or something. And he proposed. He plans to propose. He asked her parents for their blessing or whatever, 
And daddy was like, you go, what? All right, then whatever. That's all you kid. Do whatever you got to do. Mm. So he proposes the homegirl and she's like, yeah, I'm still fucking other niggas though. And so, wow. my so he was like, What do I do? And I was like, If you and I are just dating and you propose to me, I'd be wondering if you were smoking crack, first of all, because mm. the word dating for me doesn't necessarily denote that we are in a serious, committed relationship. Relationship, absolutely. You not. Just it. So if you absolutely say you're not. dating somebody for several years and then you propose, I'm like, Did we skip a step? Did we- right. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. How many times? times? And I've been a victim of this too. You know what I'm saying? Or not a victim. Let me not say that in that way in in using different language, but absolutely. This whole thing. I'm cool because we've been in this situation this long and that means we are together. And it's no, unless we had a conversation and an agreement, we are now entering in a space of commitment and we are together. That is the only time we are together. Now, of course, there is a, with that, there is a certain sense of, one, not leading a person on, for sure. Two, and all of that goes into when we're talking about, like, ethical practice of a relationship that involves care and consideration, right? You don't lead people on. You you don't say one thing but mean another. You're being honest and truthful. And you're also like being considerate of people's feelings where you understand that, dang, if I've done these type of things that makes it feel like we're building together and we have a thing together, then you go on and do something that is hurtful. You have to take, you have to be accountable in that. You have to be responsible in that. But in terms of like the overarching conversation, absolutely. We're not skipping no steps. If we did not say we came to, especially now, like maybe, especially now in, in my life, now as an adult and as a person who understands language and who is good with their words and who is efficient and is a healthy communicator. If we did not have a conversation and an agreement that said, we are now this, or we're doing this, then it it doesn't exist. It does not exist. And because we're not going to set up these, these, these false and unspoken expectations and live under these blanket rules because that shit is how people that's why the divorce rates are high. That's why, you know what I'm saying? Like people are in these terrible relationships that they shouldn't be in because this is what a relationship is supposed to be. No, a relationship is supposed to be what you said it to be. Did you have that conversation about them, about what you want this relationship to be? No. Are your needs being met? Okay. If they're not met, then might need to rethink things. If only it were that easy, but also it is not. And we are aware that different people and personalities and situations, and it's just these kinds of conversations are just meant to have you guys thinking a little bit more about your life. Paige and I are going to be giving like a masterclass talk. It's coming, guys, I swear. We're going to charge <laughs> it's you coming. one yes, million dollars. One gajillion. Gajillion. <laughs> million? No, no, no. Yeah. We live in the gajillion land. Oh, we live in the gajillion land. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I said, it's it, that's part of the reason why we do these interviews with different guests and people who are non-monogamous to have these sorts of conversations and see what people are thinking. Because, you know, like I said, your idea of a relationship and mine might be two completely different things. So mm-hmm. when you're like, hey, for me, your relationship is this. And I'll be like, shit, guess we're not in that then because I'm not mm-hmm. doing any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's kick it back a bit. So you're saying hierarchical. Not, why would you choose the term non-monogamous as opposed to drilling down into a specific type of non-monogamy like polyamory? Is there is that like a conscious choice or yeah what? it's a it's a conscious choice because I don't know what the future holds. 
I, 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 again, it's leaving that room, that like that fluid room, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, cool, we're in an open relationship that we've said this. And also, man, there's just so many terms and labels. And this is many com- one of the many conversations my partner and I have had around, well, there's a new term every day and labels and how do we, where we're like, but we're people, we're both people that are like, we're trying to exist outside of labels and create definite definitions for ourselves. Right now, these are placeholder words until we find, you know, those, those specific words or that language that helps us define it for ourselves. So it's, this is what feels good as of right now. Me saying, okay, oh, cool. I'm in an open, non-monogamous relationship with my partner. They are my primary partner. It there is it is hierarchical, in an of course all within an ethical practice, and that's what feels good right now. And that is and yes, it is an intentional choice in that, and yeah, that's what just feels good. And of course, then if and and then that's where the secondary questioning, if for anybody who asks, is when they ask, okay, so how do you practice that? What does that look like for you? Because another person could tell you the exact same words I said in quote unquote defining their relationship, but mean it totally differently in terms of like how they actually practice in it. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why it's super important to always ask people, what does this mean to you? Does this mean this? What is allowed? What is not allowed? what is important for you in this, what is not important, so on and so forth. Wow, that's, yeah, I fully understand that and support all of this because I think we have a love-hate relationship with all the labels and the terms over here because we understand that they make things easier for some people because it's easy to just say, I'm this, and to give people like an, a quick definition in their head. Right. But it's also right. like it, it can be limiting or it can be, it's trying to think outside of the box by putting yourself in a bigger box in a weird way, if that makes sense. Agreed. Agreed. But I definitely Agreed. like the addition of the, what did this mean to you? Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like when somebody reviews like a movie or a TV show or something and they give it like five stars or something, or let's mm-hmm. say three stars out of five, it's like you can't just look on the, the score. You have to look on what the review says. Right. Because it like... A three-star action movie is different from a three-star like romantic comedy, and you can look at it and be like, oh, I gave this three stars because it's not that deep. It's just a bunch of talking about love and stuff, and you might be like, I love a bunch of love and stuff, but another person may not like that. Mm-hmm. So similarly, where one definition might mean something to one person, it means something to another. So I think we would be better off just if we could all just simply just say what it is we're doing or what our relationship are just given the definitions but until that day i guess we still have to, we're still stuck with the labels and so on and i like the labels with explanation i think that's the best version of it right now yep yep agree that's what we do when we ask people like what type of poly do you practice and then they say this and then they explain what that means because everyone who is doing non-monogamy in a responsible way knows that if you say you're, if you ask five solo poly people what solo poly means, we have five different definitions. Facts. <laughs> Big then, facts. And then there's also that is relationship anarchy polyamory or just non-monogamy. That's a whole other separate thing. Ooh. Ooh, right? I definitely think I, I am a bit of a, 
And that was also a conversation I was having with my partner in both. I, I think I do find myself being a sexual opportunist and a relationship anarchist in, in, in a lot of ways where it's just, I just enjoy people sometimes, which is funny. Wow. I'm just such a dichotomist, very uh, sometimes conflicting thing where it's like, I don't like people mostly because people are stupid and people do stupid things and people are annoying. And I just be like, I don't want to kick it. I don't want to No, people leave me alone. Y'all, y'all just be doing too, too much for me. But when you do find the person that was like, Ooh, you're cool. You're actually uh, under all these layers. You're great. I do find myself like at, at, at the base of that, that I'm just like, yo, I, I don't really like to abide by any type of traditionalist like things. And I just be in space. If I like this person, I want to like them and be able to do whatever. And of course, communicating effectively and transparently and being honest and not being, you know what I'm saying, a, a terrible, unethical person. But I don't like, I don't sometimes, it's, and that's the part where I, I then negotiate the aspect of hierarchy. That those are the moments where like when I'm thinking about, but damn, man, I really feel like sometimes like I I do have aspects of being a relationship anarchist and where it's, and those are the moments where I'm negotiating hierarchy. What does that mean for me in, in this moment? And it's like primary partner and all these things. And could that change at any point? And sometimes I've had conversations with my partner where it's like, and where we're like, yeah, that, 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 that I feel like. Maybe there is a space where in a world where that could change. There is not a world where you're not somebody I don't want in my life. Like that, I don't see. I, you know, with the type of care and love, unless some drastic, really terrible thing happens where it's just like my partner has done this really horrible thing. And so now we're good. Unless that happens. Like, we're good. That's when there's, okay, there's a break in the relationship. But otherwise, there's, what I often say is, there is no, where I am right now, there is not a, I do not imagine a world where you're not in my life. How you are in my life, that could change. Sure, that could change. And if that's where life or circumstance or as we're growing as people leads things to be, then okay. Because there's often even been conversations like my partner, they have said many times, man, sometimes I could see myself living with multiple partners where we're just like in a big house and we're all together and this, that, and the third. And maybe I'm married to this person, but I'm also with this other person, this, that. And I've been like, would I be the married one or would I be the not marrying partner? And they've said, I don't know. I don't know. I, I fucks with you heavy. You're not getting rid of me. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> But then they were like, I don't know. I was like, cool, because I'm not really into living with a bunch of people. So I'm just going to have the tiny house in the backyard. And yep. you, know, you can slide through if you want, but I'm not really interested in living in a house with a bunch of people. I'm just not interested in that. And that's just what we talked about. And so, again, that's why it's so important to have these conversations with the people you're in partnership with, man, where like you, you really think through and process through the ways that you want to approach whatever relationship you want to have with the person. Yep. Actual factual. That's it. That's it. My other question for you is, are the DMs open then? Are you open to receiving receiving more? Just more. 
I am open to receiving more. Yes. <laughs> that that yes. sounds like a hesitation. Well, here's the thing. We're also in a pandemic, so it's yeah. And and I'm just gonna be honest. I'm in a place where I want to physically, I, as a person who enjoys physical touch, I need to be in a physical spacing. I'm finding myself needing that. I'm feeling like, I, 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 yes, I am balanced. I can exert both the emotional and the non-emotional things for sure, or the physical non-emotional, the, the, the physical aspect of the relationship, and I can be balanced in that for sure. But I feel like currently. I'm occupied or I'm, I have reserves right now for maybe, you know, for about, yeah, maybe one or two more peoples. <laughs> you have the capability to have one or two more. Two yeah, max. I two max. I have that capability and, and, and but I, I need physical touch, man. And so it's, I'm, I'm in a place of, there's not going to be some physical touching happening I'm not exactly sure if I want to build, but we can talk. Hey, that could change too. We can talk. And if you're dope enough, then, then we can, then, you know, that, that can move in other ways. And that's where the part where I go back to the whole sexual opportunist kind of situation. And just like, I enjoy, I do enjoy having sexual engagements and sexual experiences with folks in many different facets of things. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it might just be a play partner for a strictly, you know, kinky and BDSM space that doesn't involve any type of penetration or oral sex or anything like that. And just, you know, saying it, but involves other agreements. Sometimes it might be, I just want a cuddle buddy. I just want a couple buddy. I want to be able to rub your butt and you rub my butt and we're good. I would like to volunteer as tribute for having my butt rubbed. We'll get someone else to rub yours. I just want mine rubbed. Oh, you're not a butt rubber? You're... I mean, I can be. I'm just more focused on my own butt rubbing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're making a little butt rubbing triangle. Facts. Yeah, there'll be a butt rubbing triangle. A Ooh. butt rubbing triangle. Wow. Wow. Look at us. Look at us. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, so you're please. in a little paradox there because you're saying you're open to new people, but mm-hmm. anybody that comes in, you want physical touch. But of course, we're in a pandemic. So it's, yeah, man, I'm, it's yeah, just... Invite new people into your life. Ugh, it's terrible, man. It's just, I feel like life is becoming a series of calculus functions right now, which is to say, not super great at calculus. So <laughs> right now, life feels that scene in The Hangover. Uh, that Galifianakis got all the numbers. Yeah, that's what I look like right now. <laughs> With life in general. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times, because also I'm with my partner, but my partner, we're long distance. So my partner is an all, is across, and I'm even long distance, like, all right, I could drive to you in five, six, maybe eight hours. I'm down with that. No, no, no. Across the country, all the way on the West Coast. Oh, so wow. it's like, damn, bro, like, I can't even, you know what I'm saying? Those moments when it gets, I don't even want to say it gets super lonely, but those moments where it's, damn, man, I just want to have somebody next to me right now, or I want to be rubbing a butt and kissing a butt and eating a butt and having my butt ached and doing other things and i can't and not because i can't find a person not just based on personality and stuff like that because of course pre-pandemic as i said before why i don't like people were already terrible now post-pandemic i gotta think about 
where you've been, how you've been, have you been following proper protocols and all that? Because as horny as I might be, I'm not interested. It's not worth COVID. It's not worth the COVID. It's not worth any of the other bullshit. So I got to worry about pandemic practices and also asking you about sexual health. You know what I'm saying? Being like, have you been tested? Even during the pandemic, I've been tested. I've been tested during the pandemic twice. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm finding, like, in a lot of conversations, people are not getting tested during the pandemic. And because of either they're scared they're going to catch it if they go to the clinic or whatever, or they're just like, whatever. And it's just, nah, man, if you're, it's still okay to do that and to do it, if you have access. Of course, I know there's things like insurance and viable, accessible clinics, all that jazz. If you have accessibility and you have the ability, please go get tested. Get all the tests. Get the COVID jumps, get the STD, STI, HIV jumps, and just be good. And just be good. Just be good and, and just be great. I have had I have had some COVID sexy times. I'm not going to lie. I have had Ain't some COVID sexy times. And I have, my partner has flown over to D.C. twice now. And we've, but we're like, we have these strict conversations about like, all right, we, we got the plan. These clothes, soon as you get in, you we set up a plan because and we're like, cool, we're going to go both get, go get COVID tested at least 10 days before, 10 days before and do a soft quarantine where we're like, we try to like not go out anywhere until you get here. And then when you get here, we're on a reset until you leave. And, and then, yeah, I, I had a, 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 a group session with some folks that were not my partner and stuff. And again, we also had the, but they were local, but there was also big conversation on that and that are dying and being in that practice. And so it's possible. It's not impossible, right? It, it's possible, but people are too careless out here. Hopefully you find a person or persons that are like-minded and that give a fuck <laughs> that, 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 that care enough about themselves and you to not want to put anybody in danger and harm. And so let's find the best and safest way that we can still engage. Yeah, the thing about now is like that's lessened. You know what I'm saying? The, the capacity or the consistency that could happen in has lessened. It's not something I'm always willing to do. Because, yeah, there's definitely been some days. Cool, I could call that person back. But it's like, man, levels spiked again for COVID. And da da Oh, I'm coughing. Oh, my gosh. Is this a COVID cough? Is this a flu cough? Allergy cough? Yeah. Is this a, you know what I'm saying? Is this I'm smoking too much weed cough? What is this cough? And now yeah. you're, like, in your head. And you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do anything with anybody. So it's just, again, back to the calculus function of life. <laughs> Wow. So, see, when you say it like that, I can definitely see the scene in my head now. It's like everything is just you know, calculations in your head. It's just hella calculations all the time. And so you just got to think mm -hmm. and work through that. And that's regular dating life. So imagining the whole dom sub. Are you introducing new subs into your life right now? Because I feel like that. I don't know if that can affect it any differently from your regular dating life. Or is it the same? Same wavelength. Same wavelength, for sure. I definitely, the persons that I had the group session with was also, it was both, it, it was not in a dating sense. That was more so in a, yeah, it was in a kink and BDSM sort of dynamic, which uh -huh. did involve also penetrative sex in terms of the, the holistic sexual experience. And one of the persons in that group dynamic is actually a person that I would say is like a comet. 
and I think that's the term for someone who's like a a, 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 a passerby sexual relationship. Yeah. You're not necessarily consistently always engaging, but when they pass by, it's like, ooh, a comment. All right, let's do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like the mo- the opportunity presents itself, but it's not necessarily where we're engaging every day or talking every day in the center. But that person is my comment, and they had another person that they wanted to bring into the space. And yeah, it was great. It, it, it was cool. And so, yeah, I, for the most part, though, Sham, yes, it's same wavelength for, uh-huh. for, for the most part. That's understandable. And wow, comment. Where do I write this down? Yeah, yeah. We talked about comments before, haven't we? Or did, is that Sharia and I talking about comments when you were Maybe. Because that's entirely possible. Non-monogamous specific, it sounds like. It's just someone yeah. comes into your life. Yeah. Every once in a while, they just circle around. You know, comments show up every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, Galaxy oh. or whatever. Yeah, that, that's pretty much my relationships. Around, right around cuffing season is when <laughs> <laughs> that's when the comments show up <laughs> you know what? i have not had a any cuffing season activity in a while mm-hmm. yeah especially this year you, you no, not, cha- not last year either i haven't i didn't have anything last year uh-huh. you trying to change that or what's up <laughs> always open to changing it with someone with the right uh, sexual health and COVID-19 health practices boom boom but yeah no because I, I appreciate what you were saying too about the soft quarantine before your partner gets there and then y'all pretty much stay locked up in a zone and then they leave and trying to balance that it, it is difficult cases are rising exponentially yeah. so at yeah. the time of this recording we're recording this right before thanksgiving y'all just so you have this kind of context that we're talking about because by the time mm-hmm. the episode drops who knows what's going to be happening? We might be in a very different place. And it's already terrible. Yeah. We're hitting a little over 100,000 cases a day in this country. Yeah. It's unrealistic, but maybe they're listening right now. I was like, what are they talking about? COVID's over. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's you unlikely. That's <laughs> so good. We can hope. That's so good, Sham. This is the after the, the apocalypse. Yeah. If anybody can hear this. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn. The worst. Like, all the survivors are listening. It's so. all. Yeah, man. You know, I was thinking about COVID nineteen being like the day after tomorrow. That movie with um, Emmy yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, it's exactly what it feels like. It feels like we're heading, and also with the very active fucking hurricane season, we're at mm. Iota. It was a goddamn hurricane right now. We are, mm. and, and it became a hurricane what two or three times. That hoe refuses to die. It is refuses. <laughs> some next fucking level shit. Next level. So, what I will say is that I've had the time of this recording being published to our lovely monogamish listeners. COVID-19 has gotten better than you guys, than it was worse before. And if yeah. it has gotten worse, we try to tell you. So I might have become an old celibate shriveled woman at this point. There'll be cobwebs and tumbleweeds flowing out of all my orifices. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm We're going to change that. We're going to change that, <laughs> man. We're going to change that. If I got to buy you a flight to DC, what's up? We're going to change that, oh. buddy. If you want it, if you want it, you know what I'm saying? All, 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 all all right I wouldn't support of this, but also the episode's not coming out in a few years. You're not going to go from <laughs> now to like cobwebs in, in three months or whatever. Oh, hey, listen, man. the cobwebs have already formed. It's already been over a year since I last had sex. Yes, I oh, can wow. admit this on the podcast. This is a thing. My little How's brother and sister who are also listening to this podcast. Your little brother and little sister, they understand that you are an adult, buddy. Yeah. They're, my, my sister is like 17. My brother is 20, 
two. Yeah, explain two. Uh, That'll be fine. Yeah, they're all right. But yeah, no, it's just one of those things where I stopped having casual sex with people that weren't fulfilling me sexually. Mm. So sometimes you just want sex and so you do it and it's not like the best sex you wanted it. So you're just making it happen. And because I was, I'm not in any kind of like long-term partnership with anyone, I was just using my comments to scratch itches. And then I was like, yeah, but the itches aren't really being scratched appropriately just because mm. I'm in a different headspace. And these are just like casual encounters as opposed to like building intimate connections with people. Mm. So I was just like, yeah, I'm just not going to be doing that for a while. And then a while has turned into over a year. (laughs) So it's one of those things. Like, it's not like I'm not interested in sex. Of course, it's a pandemic. So really, depression and COVID stress is a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just that there's no one that I want in my immediate vicinity that I want to ride right now. (laughs) Big facts. That's real. That's real. That's real. That's real. Who knows? It might change. I might be in D.C. next time we talk, guys. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> this is Non-Monogamish Pod. Capital edition. <laughs> okay. Sham, do you have any more questions for Pages? No, I think we covered it. We we went all over the place, didn't we? But we, I definitely yeah. learned some stuff. <laughs> definitely got some insight. And we had some conversations that we hadn't had before. And despite not even... It's not like we brought him on to talk about something specific, but I still think we covered a lot of stuff that we didn't cover before, and I absolutely love it. That's why this podcast is so good for us. Yeah, so good, so good. Oh, that's real, man. And I and and thank y'all, man, for sure. Like, thank y'all for having me. Shout out to the both of you, man, and just. Yeah, man, we need to have more of these just necessary conversations in 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 various spaces. You know what I'm saying? To be able to. And to feel good and safe about having these conversations, especially for me. Yes, I understand I'm a cisgendered man and and all of these things. And, you know, but I must say it is all the queer people in my life that I have been in relationship with. And mostly these friends that have laid the ground and allowed me to be able to fully explore myself. And I still am, you know, say this is a continuous and growing thing. Like you're constantly evolving. And so it's been good to be able to come to this space and to be in spaces where we can have these conversations and feel safe about that and being like how we engage and understand the language of ourselves and, and, and the language of others. And, you know, saying there, there'll be, man, if you would have caught me even a few years ago, I would have never been in a way that's like me being able to aptly say out loud yeah engaging what does it look like in terms of engaging with men or engaging with people with penises what does that look like and what is that and 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 having a conversation about being or saying yes to that in a way that is not bogged down by homophobia or transphobia or or that other voice that awkward that that voice exactly yeah, as, you know, a, as a cis man, I was supposed to say it earlier, but yeah, that voice is 100% real. I can vouch for it. Yeah. That first time where another man is in the room, it's like, it's just in the back of your head and you have to like slowly phase it out. And it, it sounds know? like you more than did that. You know? And yeah, man, I'm grateful. Same for spaces like Monogamish and for 
people like yourselves who are part of that space of growth and evolving and moving towards the the fluid and free space, you know what I'm saying? And where we can have these conversations and these healthy and safe and ethical engagements and just feel good, man. Be, I just want people to feel good about themselves, man. So many people in this world, excuse me, so many people in this world are out here just not loving themselves, you know what I'm saying? For at whatever reason, because other people have harmed them or because things, life circumstances and the curveballs of life that, that throws at us. And I just want people to be okay, man. I just want people to be okay and to love themselves and to love themselves well enough to be able to not feel shame or guilt or, or move through the world with shame. Because that's all white supremacy, man. White supremacy bogs down. It just lives in the realm of shame because shame is what takes away our ability, our imagination, and our our ability to see and to live in liberation. You know what I'm saying? In liberation fully as a, not just in in our politics, but in our sexual lives, in in, in our romantic lives, in our non-romantic lives and our familial relationships and all that it's so hard to escape sometimes it is man it is absolutely totally get it but y'all doing the work man we're doing the work and we're we're being better every day so shout out to that yes we are so pages tell our lovely monogamish pod listeners where to find you coho tell them haha yes you can find this proud coho on Twitter, mostly, I just deleted my Instagram because I'm just not a fan of Instagram anymore. And I hadn't barely been using my Instagram as of late. So I'm not on Instagram anymore. I'm definitely not on Facebook. But I do have a website, Pages My Tom, P-A-G-E-S-M-A-T-A-M dot com. And I am also on Twitter, twitter.com backslash P-A-G-E-S-O-F. L-E, that's pages of L-E. Find me, talk to me, let's be friends, let's be homies. I am Ratchet on Twitter. So I'm just let y'all know that right now. My, I, I am a, I am just a layered and complex individual. That's all you know I'm saying. But yeah, but find me on there and, and come through with sense. If you're on that bullshit, you're going to get that block. My block hand is very thorough. Just let y'all know that right now. Come through with the sense. Don't come through with the bullshit. Amen. All righty. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You as well. Shout out to you, Jen. Shout out to you, Sham. And everybody, be good. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to each other. And I hope everyone is safe and cared for. Pages, pages. I think we started that off a bit too steamy in the beginning. Like in part one, he talked about being a gummy bear, like aficionado. Is that the word that he used? It was something like that. I don't even know. It was an expert. Yeah. And in this one, I was just kind of like, hey, baby, tell me about your stuff. <laughs> it was like, okay. Um, okay, Jen. A bit too much sauce. Never too much. Never too much. And that's exactly why we said he fits in so perfectly with us. Because which, which other podcast do you know where you go from gummy bears, talking about gummy bears, to steamy conversations and planning sex links up, link ups and whatever? I think that's I mean, monogamish part in a nutshell. <laughs> also yes also yes we are a very diverse set of conversations we try to streamline sometimes but for some people it's just we go where the conversation takes us and with pages there's just so much fun all the time so many places all the places we will go <laughs> thanks again for tuning in you guys sham tell the people where they can find us 
Oh, of course, you can find us at MonogamishPod on almost everywhere. But you know what? I'll just call them out. You can find us at on Twitter at MonogamishPod, at, on Facebook at MonogamishPod, on Instagram at MonogamishPod, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Am I forgetting one? Nope, those are the only three. Those are the main ones, yeah. Of course, monogamishpod.com. If you want our detailed show notes, you can find like all information about us. You can find our store over there where you can find all of our cool merch. Or you can, if you just want to go directly to the merch, you can find us at monogamishpod.threadless.com. It's easy to go to the website, honestly. Uh, Patreon.com slash monogamishpod. You cannot search for us because, once again, we are just far too sexy to be searched for. You can rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Five stars, if you please. You can give us less, but we prefer five stars. But Give me five stars! <laughs> or, or Jen says, do you, see, do, do you want to upset her? Do you hear how upset she is right now? Give her, give her those five stars, please. I need to see my family again. <laughs> Sorry, it got weird. But yeah, uh, those are all the places you can find us, I believe. Shout out to Anchor.fm. Of course, that's where we host our podcast. Shout out to SoundCloud and their most expensive platform ever. Yes, we upload our most recent episodes, last three, because that's all that can hold. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's everywhere. Talk about Patreon. We talked about SoundCloud, Anchor, all the places to rate, review, and subscribe to us, all our social media platforms. Also, we have multiple appearances on different podcasts. We do plan to go live this year, guys. We're going to go live soon i was maybe gonna do it this weekend but then i took an edible and well we don't know how that went <laughs> oh, that been really good. that's when we should have gone live <laughs> i don't know, I don't know. Who'd, love who'd love to witness that mm, yeah i just it was it's a mellow high so i just want to go to sleep afterwards so there's that but i don't think that would have been fun for anyone to watch me sleep yeah there's some people who'd enjoy that. It would not be podcast listeners at large, but I'm sure there's sites for that and stuff, but that's not what we're going for. You know what? Yeah, we're going for we'll just we'll cut it there. We'll just we'll be done. Shout out again to allplayground.net. Shout out again to Andrew Martucci of the Shelf Love Podcast. Shout out to our friends at YouTube Right. We forgot to big them up on the last episode. Sorry, not sorry, but also totally sorry, guys. Uh, you can use code monogamish to get 10% off your order at youtubebright.com. I am still wearing my girls' dumb sugar tea like on a regular basis. I think I might need another one because yeah, I got a YouTube right like shirt and and shorts. They got, they got, I got like a swim shorts that match my my new slightly slimmer figure. Yeah, and it, and they are awesome. So yeah, check them out. Shot, shot like ten. I don't know. I don't, what, what is that saying? <laughs> ten anyway. things I get shot. I don't know. I don't know. Is it like shot like ten fireside or shot like? I think 10 it's hot like ten fireside. Hot like 10 firesides. Yeah. Whoops. There we go, guys. I just showed my weirdness. And you know what? I'm going to leave it at that. You're just going to get that awkward flub from me. I'm Jen. <laughs> Sham. And, and we're, we're not, not the